It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, it's time for episode 208 of the three-point podcast. Our partners include Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and The Wash of Owasso. It's our March Madness preview podcast, but we got a lot of topics to get into, guys. Let's just jump right into it right now. I think you got some stuff to get into, Jared. Something about March every year we talk about it on the last pod week where we had uh, Coach Bluff and Coach Mattel on. What a time of year. It's almost like the the weather gods recognize what time of year it is, too, because wouldn't you know it, right as March Madness is hitting, we have a couple of 60-degree days hitting us here in Michigan, which is the equivalent of a summer day uh, after a whole <laughs> long winter. Uh, so I can't wait for that. But, no, Freeland is rolling. Uh, we, I went to the game on Friday. Uh, they were crowd district champions. Uh, man, they've probably won their district by an average of about 40 points. So they're really cooking. And it's cool to be able to watch, you know, somebody, you know, it's the closest thing I've had to actually like experiencing a district championship of basketball was watching my brother first win it as a player and then win it as a coach. So it's been really cool to watch them. And the best part about it is like we talked about last week, just a fun team. You know, it's not like it's one division, one player and everybody else get out of the way, like a LeBron James type team, you know, it's five, really solid players that really worked well as a team uh, and are well coached. So it's just really fun to watch them. And I don't remember where I saw the tweet, but there's something somebody said uh, yesterday about if you have a winning uh, like athletic program or a team, it really does like bring the community together. And that is true. I mean, I remember back uh, watching Matt's teams, you know, you said they filled up the Breslin. It's like, man, does Corona even have that many people? Uh, (laughs) But they do uh, when the teams are winning and they're teams that you want to root for. And that's what you're seeing with Freeland. I mean, they were running out of space in their little Freeland gym. So it's good to see they're moving to Alma with a little bit bigger crowd expected. It is cool because like, I mean, we talked to John last week on the podcast and he talked about the community and he talked about all the players and, you know, how they've been playing together since they're in like first and second grade. So they're all best friends. And, you know, we all remember, you know, growing up playing with your friends and stuff. And 
So yeah, you see the community rally around them. You hope they can make a run. I know I was, we were talking before we started recording if um, if they're going to be able to continue their run or how they're looking. And I mean, it sounds like they keep playing like this. They can make a run to Breslin. I mean, there, it wasn't just like a fluke district or something like that. Like he's actually got a legit team. So yeah, so yeah it'd be cool to see them make a, a deeper run. Yeah. You know, and it's funny you brought up about March, Jared. I mean, I, I had put in my notes last week, I, every, every week, you know, I just jot down a little bullet point, something maybe I want to talk about and just how great a month run when you think it about is. it that March is, you know, with the weather break, like you talked about and uh, the high school basketball, uh, college basketball. I mean, it's just, it is a great month. And for you youngsters, I mean, St. Patrick's day right in the middle there, you know, <laughs> to have some fun too. Oh, and it's Patty's Day. Like, there's some golf tournaments, you know, the Players Championship. uh, You know, the NBA is kind of approaching playoff time. And, you know, if you watch hockey, same thing there. So, yeah, it is a pretty great sports month. That's for sure. Well, you guys guys subscribe that uh, this is the best best week of the year. And on the the sports calendar, I mean, we have the NFL wildcard weekend. That's a great weekend. Everybody likes divisional weekend. I love the NFL, and believe me, with Brady being back, which we'll get to, and this Russell Wilson trade, I can't wait to watch it next year. But I jumped out of bed this morning. You know, I mean, if you saw last week, we did a pot at 9 a.m. last uh, weekend. I felt like I was a zombie through it. But today I jumped right out of bed. I had two cups of coffee before we even started. I'm ready to roll. I mean, this this is the week I live for. It really is. I'm glad you're ready to roll, man. I had one of the rare nights where, uh, you know, I've, I've had old man pains. My left shoulders have Uh-oh. been killing me. So <laughs> I, I had a couple pops last night with an Excedrin nice. PM, man, and I slept till like 8.15, so I'm a little groggy right now. But I've I was going to say, when we, when we hopped on here, usually you're like, if we say we're recording at 9 o'clock, usually at 9 o'clock and 20 seconds, you're yeah. sending a text. Hey, are we recording? And <laughs> you you were the one that was a little late today. So oh, that's why. That's it why. Was a little surprising. But yeah, we always talk about what, like uh, the, the first weekend of the tournament's one of the best sports weekend of the year. And um, yeah, like the, the divisional round with um, the NFL and stuff. But I'm not sure what, what golf tournaments this weekend. Maybe Jared, you know. But th- this weekend, you know, it is like it's a loaded sports weekend. No matter what you want to watch, you can watch. So. It is pretty cool. And they always say the one thing I was going to say quick, this is like the weekend to be in Vegas, especially now with like as big as sports betting is getting. And they have those, they have those bars out there now where like, I don't know if you guys have seen pictures, but it's a sports book where there's like a pool, but the whole, there's like a wall of TVs where you just like chill in the pool and you can Mm. watch every sporting event known to man. And so maybe Jared, you need to round your, round your boys up and make a trip to Vegas. I, before I do that, man, it's probably going to be for next March Madness. Got to get in the uh, beach pod. Got to get in the beach pod <laughs> yeah. first. Then, uh, then I'll sit in the pool drinking beer and eating uh, cheese balls all day while watching the tournament. <laughs> I, I, I work this Thursday, but I tell you what, it's the closest thing I have to my own personal holiday is uh, that that opening Thursday of the tournament. I, I remember last year, woke up at like you know seven a.m., finalized my bracket. Always got to finalize the bracket the thir- the Thursday before. Uh, and then wake up, get the cheese balls ready in the air fryer, which is maybe the best invention there's ever been. Uh, and then I just sit down and watch the entire slate of games. But uh, I work this year, but that's going to be Friday this year. So I, I yeah, but you, you'll probably still be able to watch. I, I was just thinking when you were when you were mentioning that I I work on on Thursday also. Um, but I mean, I'll we'll be able Pretty to watch the games does. or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I remember in high school, and I was going to ask Ted if 
I'm not trying to like say you're that old, but like, no, go for did it. Did you, did you guys have TVs in your classrooms when you were, you know, like we had uh like when I was in there, we watched um channel one was right. that, that news, that news yeah. program that would come on every morning for like 12 minutes or whatever. <laughs> and um, so every room had like a, a TV. I know right. it's probably changing now, obviously and everything, <laughs> but um, so I was going to ask Ted, did you guys have that? But then we had teachers would put on the tournament on those TVs. Like they'd turn on oh, CBS wow. or whatever on, on Thursdays and Fridays. Not all teachers, you know, certain teachers would, but it was pretty cool. Well, let's get right to the point. I mean, you never have to apologize for calling me out on being old because I'm old. But, uh, <laughs> you know, back in the day, first of all, the TV situation, going to grade school. I mean, we used, you know, they used to have the space launches, right? To, to send astronauts up to space back in our day. And your dad could probably relate to this. Uh, they'd bring in a TV on a big cart and oh, they'd right. roll it, roll it into your room. That's how you'd watch the big events that are going on. We didn't yeah. have TVs in the room at all. And then I'm so old that when March madness came about, it wasn't that big a deal back yeah. then. Like it is now, you yeah. know, it started really basically with, uh, uh, magic and bird. I mean, when you think about it, that was really what set the stage to where we're at right now. And that yeah. was what, 79? Yep. I was actually just watching, you know, we, we've been, we'll probably get to the, the show, Showtime or uh, Winning Time, which uh, I have to apologize, by the way. I said you thank said you. the name wrong, but uh, yep. I was the one that was wrong. Um, <laughs> I bet you Ted has that in his notes down there. He oh, no. Probably... Th that was a mental note, but. Uh... <laughs> I double checked so, it after the podcast. Uh, Uncle Ted knew. So <laughs> I was just, I just followed down a bird and magic like rivalry rabbit hole on YouTube. And they interviewed Bird about that game. And you tell, I tell you what, he was almost breaking down in tears talking about how much it hurts that he still lost that game. He still says it's like his biggest defeat ever was that championship game because they really got their ass whooped. If you remember, yeah. I mean, what they lose by oh, 15, yeah. they never were even close. Uh, but that story really, you wonder why people love that, that game so much. I mean, what a crazy story it really is that Indiana state who'd never made the tournament before this random guy shows up, Larry bird, the hick from front schlick and takes him right to the championship game. I mean, there's no wonder you remember that like tournament so vividly. Well, yeah. it's, it's one of those stories where obviously it's still one of the best stories of March madness, the NCAA tournament ever. And, you know, magic and bird, everyone knows about it, but if they would have won, it would have been even that much bigger of a story. It's still a big story that magic Johnson won because, you know, he won a high school state title. He won a state or a national title at Michigan state. He won a bunch of NBA championships. So that's the story. But imagine if the hick from French lick came in and actually won the national title, it would be that much bigger of a story. So that that's what's kind of crazy about it too. And then you know the whole they ended up being rivals through their whole NBA career and stuff. So those are those are just the things that March Madness creates. I mean, storylines that you can't like you can't make up in your head almost. I mean, you got some of the upsets that happen and some of the runs like George Mason or Florida Gulf Coast or some of these old yep. other schools making these runs and you're like, who the hell are these teams? Who was it? Long Long Beach State or whatever uh, beat? Were they the ones that beat Virginia a couple years uh, ago? UMBC. UMBC. Right. UMBC, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you've got storylines like that. That's what makes March Madness so cool. You, I don't know. You, you just got all these random schools making uh, these runs against these supposed powerhouse schools. Before we get too deep into the tournament, I do want to throw this out because this actually was the biggest happening uh, in my life this last week, and that was uh, the MLB lockout ending, which it's weird. It's this weird 360 I've taken in my life where – 365 days ago, I literally hadn't thought about baseball in about 10 years. Uh, fast forward a year, 
if the MLB hadn't ended this lockout, I was going to go back to working at McDonald's. I was that <laughs> close. I, there was nothing. There was nothing yeah. I could have done if this season wouldn't have been resolved. And I was starting to get very nervous. I would have had to go find a job somewhere else, not in sports. I don't know what I would have done. Like I said, McDonald's probably just a quick job for a couple months. So Some when that news finally came through, and I wouldn't say it was like an over arousing success for the players. I mean, basically all their uh, standards they wanted, basically they had to concede on. <laughs> but hey, baseball's back, and the Tigers are looking like a damn good team. So it's just it should be a great baseball season. I'm just glad that I'm employed for the next few months. Yeah. That's the thing with these lockouts that some people don't think about. And yes, it's the players and the owners who are, you know, like arguing over whatever they're arguing about. But what you're just saying, we were talking about it at work because, you know, we do some of the MLB games like Sunday night. ESPN has Sunday night and Monday yep. night baseball. If the lockout continued, we obviously wouldn't be doing those games. You don't think about the trickle down effect of all the people who, who work at the stadiums right. or like you who work for the local yep. channels and stuff who would be covering the games. You know, these lockouts, it's not just the baseball players sitting on their butts not playing. It's, you know, there's a big trickle down effect if that lockout would have stuck around. So it is cool that they're back. One reason, because this is actually like one of the first years in what, four or five years as Tigers fans, it's actually a little exciting. There's actually like when you look at the opening day, potential opening day lineup, it's like this team could make a little noise. You know, they've got some good pitchers. Um, they've got finally some of their young talent has come up and they should be in a position to to be good, like Spencer Torkelson and some other guys. Hopefully Casey Mize is finally like yep. turning around. So, I mean, and I saw I saw Miggy is finally like he's saying, you know what, I'm cool being a full time DH. He's probably obviously going to play first base, you know, once in a while. But he he recognized that Torkelson needs to be in the lineup every day. Yeah. So so Miggy's going to be a DH. So like this is finally a, a year as Tigers fans that it's like cool. I like we, I actually want to watch them. And then they almost were going to be locked out. So it, I'm glad they're back. Yeah, they finally got some sanity back, and it is great. Uh, Tigers are going to be fun to watch without a doubt. They're going to be knocking on the playoff door, no question about it. Uh, and the rules I think that they agreed upon. I have a hard time disagreeing with it. You know, DH in the National League, it's about time. You got to be the same one way or the other. Yep. Uh, you know, expanding the playoffs. I know there was a big uh, discussion about it. they were trying to get 16 teams, but I think a 12-team expansion is pretty good. I mean, it, it allows more teams an opportunity to, you know, to get to postseason. That's okay. The one that just had me kind of confused, though, was that they decided that in baseball there's been major tanking going on. So now they've implemented a lottery. I really didn't see a need for that personally. I mean, if a team's doing bad, traditionally, you know, at the end of the year, if you're out of contention, then you play the young kids, see what mm -hmm. they can do. I mean, I mean, why would why did baseball feel they needed to have a draft lottery? That's that's what confused me. Yeah, I I didn't. Not that I I've definitely, admittedly, you know, we talk about it on the podcast the last few years, probably because the Tigers have stunk. I've more went into like a casual baseball fan. So not that I'm paying attention every mm -hmm. single day, but it doesn't yeah. seem like MLB has a tanking problem for now, you know, like the NBA, you could say even the NFL to an extent, sure. sometimes, you know, you could maybe say a little bit of a tanking problem, but the MLB also with the MLB draft, it's such a crapshoot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like a thousand five hundred players get drafted in the MLB draft. It's like, you really need a lottery, <laughs> but right. I definitely agree that, that, nationally getting a dh was the one i was like finally yeah it, that that was the one i was like why is this not changed we don't want to see clayton kershaw up to bat or even you know when justin verlander would have to go it, like we don't want to see that put the dh in we want to see dudes hit bombs that's what we want to see yeah well and then what while we're on baseball before we move on because we're going to get into some 
good discussion on March Mad March Madness, but uh, uh, you know the ban on shifts that they were talking about, people kind of losing their minds on that one way or the yeah. other. What what are your guys' thoughts? I'll be the first to admit I hate it, and I think everybody hates it. Um, believe me, when I when I was thinking about it, I was trying to find every reason to be in favor of this, just to be on the opposing side of the majority. But yeah. it just doesn't make sense. I, if you can't uh, hit away from a shift, are you really that good of a baseball player? I mean, do you think Tony Gwynn would have oh. had a problem doing this? It's just, I see why they did it because it does really slow these games down and it really does make this a lot less high scoring, but I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. It just seems like it's like, well, let me say this. Do you guys think, do you guys have a problem with the NBA banning like zone defense when they right. used to have that sort of thing? Or defense of three seconds in the key. It's almost similar to those sort of rules where those rules never existed in basketball until they said, hey, we want to make this more entertaining. And that's basically what the MLB is doing with this right. change. Yeah, that, that was going to be the first thing I was going to bring up is if the NBA or if basketball in general outlawed the zone defense. It's just a strategy. It, you know, it's a strategy. Some coaches play. Jim Beheim has played zone defense his whole career. He's got over a thousand wins or whatever playing zone yeah. defense. So like I could go both ways. I, I, I'm not going to say I hate that they ban the shift because I'm all for speeding up the game. That's I think one of the biggest problems with baseball is it's so slow. These games last four, four and a half hours. You know, it kind of turns off a lot of casual fans. But it's also like a strategy. So I'm kind of with you that, you know, like if you're a professional hitter and like think about when Victor Martinez was on the Tigers, teams would just shift the whole defense to the one side because they knew which way he was hitting it. And he's, you know, one of the best hitters of this generation anyway. And, you know, he couldn't figure out how to hit opposite field or something. So I don't know. I'm fine with them speeding up the game. It's like, so how far is this going to go? If you're going to start taking out these strategies that teams can implement, like how how far is it going to go? You know, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I, th- I think Major League Baseball's biggest problem is pace of the game. But I, yeah. when I when I think about the shift, though, does that really elongate right. the game or does that speed it up? Because you're going to be more likely hitting into an out instead right. of getting a base hit. I mean, I I'm totally against the shift law, though. I mean, like Jared said, and I'm an old time baseball guy. Just hit it the other way, lay down a bunt. I mean, how hard is it to do? Then you beat the shift, right? That's yeah. what I would always. When Victor Martinez would hit into the shift every time, I'd be like, dude, just I know he, especially at the end of his career, he was as slow as anyone. Oh yeah, but like it was like, dude, just lay down a bunt. There's no one over there. Right. Lay down a bunt and try and leg the thing out. But yeah, yeah, Real it's quick, crazy. What do you guys that's... think about? What do you guys think about some of the stuff that we're seeing now? It's becoming like. I'm not going to because I'm not I'm not like old school. Like, I don't want to see energy in baseball, but like college baseball and even some like minor leagues with the celebrations and, you know, dudes kind of like really flexing on the home runs they hit and throwing beers out and they're grabbing a beer and shotgunning a a beer at home plate. Like, do we think that's going to like it's almost like there's the extreme of college baseball and minor league letting this stuff fly. And then you go to major league baseball where you can't even like flip your bat at all. I know we've yeah. talked about this stuff before in the podcast, but are we? Should it be like down the middle, or like which way are we leaning I, on that? I'll be the first to admit I always thought there would never be such thing as a like too big of a bat flip, but like, like you said, these college ones, like it's trickled down to high school as well. 
it's like some random like Ole Miss versus Tennessee second week of the season. Some guy hits like a, a walk off or even just a regular home run, and he's he. It takes him thirty seconds to get the first base. <laughs> right. It's it's just it's became too much. These kids like it's it's the same thing I've seen my whole life growing up, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse with like the Steph Curry and that whole generation where. It's like every time a kid hits a three now, they throw the three goggles up. Like it just like in a youth game. It's like it's three zero. They score the first bucket of the game and they're they're doing the Carmelo Anthony celebration. It, right. it's gone way too far. If, if there's a difference between Altuve doing this in the World Series and uh Eastern Michigan versus Central Michigan at, at one o'clock on a snowy day <laughs> in March in Michigan and some kid doing this. And that's what we're seeing. It's the majority yeah. of these videos are like the guy chugging the beer. I don't even know what team that was. Some minor <laughs> league team where he probably got paid t- uh, ten grand a year to right. play for him. It's just it's it's gone way too far. I have no problem with MLB players doing it. I mean, Javier Baez had an awesome one years ago. I loved it. I just saw a video of that the other day. I, I love it in the MLB, but when it starts trickling down to the youth and m- most of the college or college uh, World Series games, then I have a problem with it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Major League Baseball's biggest problem is, you know, allowing the players to do these bat flips and antics, uh, you know, maybe juice it up a little bit. You know, that's OK. I'm OK with that. But the, the biggest problem, like I've said many, many times, there's nothing really wrong with the game of baseball other than the pace of play. I think a lot of that has to do with the changes that uh, managers have had to do with pitchers. They rotate pitchers in there, you know six seven pitchers a game and it's on average and never used to be like that you know if you had your starting pitcher in there for eight innings bring in your closer for the ninth you're good you're out in 245 everybody's happy but that's just me that's not how it is anymore no it isn't yeah all right anything else in our early portion here boys or should we get into a little uh march madness i i you buried the biggest lead of them all and that is the man in the arena back for at least one more run ah, okay what what a story let me just ask you guys what's your first initial thoughts on just this guy coming back from retirement <laughs> i mean a lot of people i would say i guess we kind of saw it coming but definitely not this soon i figured at least he'd take a year off it yeah. does almost feel like he was not like forced into retirement but you know everyone after the buccaneers lost in the playoffs was like yeah you know this is this is the time for him to go the game, you know, he, the game is starting to pass him by a little bit. Even, you know, just Adam Schefter with ESPN and people were starting to jump the gun saying that he announced his retirement. It almost felt like he was pushed into it. And I'm sure he got home and was like, you know, I still feel good. He led the NFL in passing yards and touchdowns last year. He's still at the top of his game. He doesn't yep. get hit. He gets the ball out so quick. He doesn't get hit. He's healthy. He's obviously in just like incredible shape. The Buccaneers, you know, you got Bruce Arians. They got a ton of, you know, talent on that team. He probably got home and was like, why would I retire? I feel great. I think he even said that after the playoffs. He said, I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. So, you know, it's not surprising. It is just kind of funny. Like, it took, what, like three weeks for him to go home and sit around and be like, yeah, I got to get back to football. But it was kind of crazy when the news broke because I was getting ready. We were doing the Lakers-Suns game yesterday. And, you know, we're just sitting around getting ready for that game. And all of a sudden, like, everything starts blowing up. We start getting these emails and like all these, all this stuff is like, Tom Brady's coming back. Tom Brady's coming back. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, good for him. And yeah. I, 
somebody tweeted it. You just kind of brought it up. I mean, after three, four weeks at home with the kids and the wife, he said, you know what? I'm going back. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get out of here. I like to imagine that it was like he came back, was being a great dad, you know, doing everything a dad should be. And like uh, Giselle and the kids like saw him doing this and like had like a little powwow amongst themselves and said, you know, we got to let him go back to playing. And then they like sat him down uh, right in front of the fireplace and basically told him like, hey, you should be playing football. And then now he's back. That's how I like to imagine. Yeah, right. That's good thought. Hey, while we're on football, since we're uh, talking Brady, I got one kind of hits home for Matt there. Monday night football, new broadcast team, Aikman and Buck and. I'm going to throw my opinion out there because I'm not affiliated with ESPN, but I'm not sh- I'm not sure about this move. I mean, you can't go wrong with Aikman and Buck for sure, but to spend that kind of money for a Monday night package when you got the Mannings sitting right there, and now all of a sudden they're kind of delegated to you know the deuce again, which is fine. But if I would have been management for ESPN, this is just Ted the sports guy telling you what I would have done. <laughs> I would have gone all out and had the Manning cast be the ESPN one broadcast team, maybe have some younger guys or something on the deuce calling a legit play by play. But in my view of thinking, I thought, wow, they shelled out some big bucks for these guys. Is it really going to make a difference? I don't know. I'm still going to watch the Manning cast myself. And that's nothing against Aikman and Buck, but I am sticking with the Mannings. I think you're wrong on this. I, I, this was a hell of a move by ESPN. I've never had any problems with how ESPN has like produced games or, the product that they put on the screen. And I never even really minded the announcers that they had before. It just so happened that the Manning cast came around. So I was going to tune into that naturally. But anytime you can get Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, it doesn't, these, everyone is expensive nowadays. So I don't even care how much it costed. Everyone costs that much. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a hell of a team to keep together. And it's a big move. It reminds me of when Monday Night Football was Tariko and Gruden. Uh, it's going to have a little bit more pizzazz. And honestly, I think I'm just like that. The Manning cast has came and it has went in my eyes. I'm not going to watch it anymore. At yeah. least unless they get huge guests, then I'll be back on watching. But I think this has swayed me all the way back to the original broadcast. Yeah, I, I think the Manning cast, we've talked about it. They It's a home run. The, the Manning cast is a hit. You know, I personally, I think a big thing is the guests. When you see the guest lineup and it's like two or three guys or girls that mm-hmm. you want to see them talk to during the game. That makes it must-watch TV. Peyton and Eli are great on their own, too. So the Manning cast, there's nothing wrong with it. I think the big thing was, you know, I've seen a lot of people say, like, they don't really tune in to sports games because of the announcers. Like, they don't watch a random, you know, Jaguars versus Colts football game because Aikman and Buck are calling it. You know, so so people said, why would you kind of like what you said, Ted, why would you pay these guys so much money? Mm-hmm. Because people don't necessarily tune into football because of the announcers, you know, but here in Jared's opinion, there, there's obviously some people who will maybe go sure. back to the traditional broadcast because they like Aikman and Buck better than, you know, Levy and Lewis Riddick and Brian, Brian Greasy. I think the big thing is, and I mean, I think it's not like insider info or anything. ESPN has been wanting to. And they've been trying to make a push to get the Super Bowl back mm. on ESPN. And one of the big things, well, it, they wouldn't be able to have it on ESPN because the NFL said the Super Bowl is never going to be on a cable network. So it'd have to be on ABC. And the, one of the biggest pitches to get the Super Bowl is having a team like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. You know, like would Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy be enough of a sell to the NFL to have the Super Bowl on ABC? Maybe I like, honestly, if they didn't do that, they'd probably bring in Fowler and Herbie 
to do right. the Super Bowl if they had it on on ABC. So that that's what I think. I think you know they they saw Manning cast was working, pulling people away from the traditional broadcast. We got to do something big to get people to stay on ESPN, and that's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. That's a ton of money for those dudes, but I I think they're top notch. People people rip on Joe Buck, but I think he's great. So oh, they're I'll good probably still get. bounce back and forth because I do like the Manning cast. So yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, and, and maybe that's what people will do too. Maybe they'll go back and forth depending on who their guests are, right? Yeah. Uh, and I will say this: it just there's something about Joe Buck and Troy. Aikman. It just seems right at ESPN. I can't explain it, but <laughs> it just seems like they are. They ESPN really did need a big like broadcasting crew for what, like you said, if they have Super Bowls or just big events in general, and that's exactly what they got. Mm-hmm. I love it that they. They both jump ship together. That's the best part about it. That's just what, that's when you know that the chemistry that we kind of see on TV is real. That they said, "Hey, we want to stay together." So I'm going to follow you to ESPN. Is so Aaron, Andrew, Aaron Andrews next? Is she coming too? You think she could be? I mean, I'm, they've yeah they they'll have to get a, a top notch sideline reporter for Monday Night Football. I mean, they yeah. they have some. I think one big thing, and this isn't company man speak. It, one thing ESPN is like, I don't know, maybe above the other networks is they can do the big events better than any other network, mm-hmm. mainly because of the resources they have and the multiple networks. There's ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPNU even, you know, they have even ABC. So like if they had the Super Bowl, they would probably still have the Manning cast and probably some like some mega cast or something like when they do the, you know, national championship, they've got it on five different networks. Yeah. You know, people have talked about like if ESPN could ever get the Olympics, It'd be easy to find. Exactly. You, you would just go to all the ESPN channels and watch yep. all the Olympics instead of having to bounce around all these apps or whatever. Yeah. So, well, um, you did you did clear it up for me because, uh, you know, I was thinking I'll go all in Manning cast, but I didn't even think about the potential of uh, the Super Bowl coverage. And, you know, you're not going to have a Manning cast exclusive for them. Right. So that, that makes sense. So yeah. thanks. Thanks for the correction. Hey, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> All right. Wait, hold on. How about you, Ted? Ted, you are you should be on the battlefield battling for play by play and color guys, and you basically just swept them right under the rug. They're maybe the best in the business. You swept them right under the rug because you didn't even care. Can I tell you, man? I got an open mind. I don't just lock into uh, you know what I should say. I love the Manning cast. I love the fact that it was completely completely different than what we've been watching. You know, we're going to still have Sunday and Thursday with legitimate, straightforward broadcast presentations, but I just love the fact that the Mannings bring comedy. They're hilarious. They have the guest, and it's completely different. And on a Monday night, why not? You know, something different. That's all. Well, real quick, before we move on, we're talking about play-by-play and all that. What do we think? We've talked about it before, the Michigan football radio team. Mm -hmm. What do we think about the new guys, uh, Karsh and uh, John Jansen? I mean, I, I haven't listened to Karsh a whole lot. I, I no. you know, maybe some clips and stuff like that. I know he's he's very good. He's he's good at what he does. But as far as I know, he has he's never done play by play. So, um, you know, you you can kind of fall into that. But Ted, you know, it's not yeah. not everyone can't do play by play. There is an art to it. Right. So I'll I'll be curious to see how that goes. I think Jansen's just a home run. I mean, that was yeah. that's going to be a very easy transition. He's very good, I think, and obviously a Michigan guy. Karsh, he has a decent voice. I think he'll be fine. I think you know. The Michigan fans out there just got to give him a chance. You know, we've listened to Brandstetter and listen, the guy's a Hall of Fame broadcaster, Hall of Fame play-by-play guy, not so much. He was really good at color. But I think if they give Karsh a chance, I I think he'll settle in and be, you know, a 20-year guy there and and it'll be fine. And and I did like what he said. He kind of wants to pattern his style after Frank Beckman. And 
Beckman was as good as they they can get. You know, Eufer, he had to follow Eufer with his whole his whole thing, which he was he was number one to me. But Beckman was one A, tremendous play by play guy. And if Karsh is anywhere like that, they'll be fine. Yeah, safe hire. I mean, it's it's really hard to have a home run. Uh, we were, I mean, we were just talking about one with Aikman and Buck, but it's really hard to have a home run like Booth uh, right off the gate, especially when you lose both the guys like that they did. But they made the sound the safe pick, and when you don't hear any bad news about it, that's when you know they probably made the right choice. So yeah, and I'm the thing on. is, he's been he's been broadcasting Michigan games as a sideline guy for what 10, 12 years. So. It's not like he doesn't know the program. It's not like he doesn't know how it works. So. And I bet, you know, he's probably waiting in the wings sure. probably the last five years, I bet, probably with the understanding that he probably was going to take over that gig. Right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, since we're talking about play-by-play guys, the news just yesterday, George Blaha had to hang it up for the rest of the season, having some heart procedure, I think, on Tuesday. We want to wish him the best, but uh, – you know, his career is probably winding down, too. Hopefully he re- recovers and comes back as long as he wants. But uh, get well soon, George. Yeah, yeah seriously. Legendary, just a legendary voice calling Pistons games. I, I don't I don't like when he calls Spartan games. Me neither. Just, <laughs> but but him, call, him calling Pistons games, it's just it, they go together. That's just what it is. Yeah. You talk about he's been doing this for, what, 40-plus years? You talk about right. a guy, he, he's just an encyclopedia of Pistons basketball. Mm-hmm. And, so, and like I said, living legend, not only a Pistons legend, he's an NBA legend at this point. I see You see it when I'm, you know, I'm, it's what, like pregame. The players are coming up to him and uh, – Kelsey, they love it. They love those guys. And yeah. so it's not, they're not just Pistons legends. They're NBA legends. Uh, little, little side story for you. You know, I have side stories for all these old timers out there. Uh, George Blaha came into town. Uh, geez, it must have been 25 years ago. And there was a special uh, charity basketball game up at Baker College. And I got to hang out with him and I had my little little uh, tape recorder, had him do some promos for me, you know, for my old radio show, the sports forum and whatnot. And they're they're awesome. He was he was like a one take guy. Really, really good. But the thing that just cracked me up and you guys will appreciate this seeing George on camera. So we're sitting in the little green room up there at Baker College and, you know, he's getting ready for coming out to MC this event. This guy had about five cans of hairspray. And got that baby combed over just perfect and just layered it on, lacquered it up. So he's he, stuck with that look forever. He, I love it. Uh, he's not, from what I've heard, there's kind of like the the wise tales that you hear around the building or whatever. He's never ever, no one's ever seen him touch a basketball in all these years. <laughs> he's never touched a basketball, and wow. he's he's kind of. He almost reminds me of uh, what my grandma was like, where. He does not leave the the house or whatever without like looking like a million bucks. He's he's got the fedora <laughs> that he wears everywhere, and he's always in a uh, he's always dressed uh, to the nines. So yeah. I can appreciate that. Man. Appreciate yeah, that. And like you said, just hoping with the speedy recovery because we need him. Back, we need him back in the booth, man. He's a legend. Amen. Especially now that the Pistons are starting to turn it around, we need Blaha back in there. So yeah, hopefully he's all good. And he still calls a great game. That's the thing. Yeah, he man. does. I mean, you said he, his career might be winding down. I mean. You wouldn't notice if you just were watching, no. watching and listening to the games, man. He still does an incredible job. So get well soon, George. Well, we're we're going to get well because we've got college basketball coming up this week, and we're going to be talking about it next, right after this. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. 
Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. The Wash of Owasso is excited to welcome you to their new and state-of-the-art full-service laundromat. Conveniently located at 809 West Main Street in historic West Town, Owasso. They're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the coin laundry, or you can drop off your laundry for wash and fold service Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Too busy to stop in? No problem! As the Wash of Owasso will pick up your laundry right at your door and will deliver it back to you the next day. Go online to thewashofowasso.com. That's the Wash of Owasso. To view pricing or call 989-472-3322 and schedule your pickup as a special three-point podcast bonus. Enter code 3PP, that's the number three and two Ps, at checkout for 10% off your first order. The three-point podcast team welcomes the wash of Owasso to our team. All right, guys, it's uh, March Madness. Michigan made it in, not even a real bubble team is they actually got a seed what do you guys think about the tournament michigan michigan state there's a lot of different uh angles to talk about here i think one of the big things with michigan is obviously their record is not impressive at all so when you just look at the wins loss record that that's what i think made most people say they they probably should have been a bubble team or even on that that first you know the play-in games mm-hmm but when you look at their resume, their resume actually isn't that bad. They have some bad losses, but they actually have a good amount of, you know, when you look at the big picture, you're putting 68 teams in the tournament. So when when you look at their resume, it's actually not that bad. Um, so them as an 11 seed, I, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Like they they, they deserve not to be a, you know, three or four seed. But they're, I think 11 is about right, I guess is what I'm saying. As far as Michigan State, it's just wild to me that it doesn't bother me. It's just more funny that Michigan State and Duke always seem to end up in the same region for some reason. It's yeah. hilarious. When when I saw a Michigan State matchup against Davidson, and we all know Foster Lawyer, who you know was at Michigan State, he transferred to Davidson. So that, that's who Michigan State plays in the first round. It's almost like the the committee like kind of tries to make these storylines. You know, I, I don't know if everyone nationally knows that about the whole Foster Lawyer connection. But they're going to find out when they watch that game because you know they're going to talk about it. So, so you got that. And then in the second round, if both teams win, it'll be Coach K versus Izzo. And it's just yep. it, it just makes me laugh because it's like it's supposed to be all about, you know, where, where teams are supposed to be as far as like their season, their resume, seeding, all that. The committee wanted to put Izzo versus Coach K for sure one more time. I mean, it, that's what they want in the second round. You know, it will will Coach K – Put Izzo out in the Spartans, or will Izzo end Coach K's career? You know they want those storylines, so I, so that's what I mean. I'm not like mad about it. I think it's funny because Michigan State and Duke usually play pretty great games. So yeah. if both it, teams get to the second round, it'll it'll be a hell of a game. It is funny, but uh, it's also isn't that part of the committee's responsibility to put the best product out there? Uh, you know, for interest. I mean, they, it's just great. They do. Uh, they are maybe the best and people bitch about them every year on Selection Sunday, especially like there's always the one or two. You can't get everybody in the tournament. <laughs> right. I mean, and to be honest, and it's also really to the mad? point real quick, Jared, like yeah. if you at this point, if you don't make the tournament, you probably don't deserve to be in the tournament. You know what I mean? Like so many teams make it. It's kind of like if you don't make it, you just don't deserve it. And I'll be the and I'll be the first to admit it. I I was totally accepting that I didn't think Michigan was going to make it. And yeah. I, I, I feel a little bit guilty that they did make it. I don't know if they deserved it. You know, people talk about all the time our branding and 
how we have fans all across the country. And it wouldn't surprise me if that was a big reason why they did make it. And that's why we love the, the selection committee, though. <laughs> they, they, they give us the matchups we've always wanted. I mean, you remember last year, Chicago, Loyola, you know, Sure enough, they're going to play Illinois uh, round two. Uh, you remember all those times that Wichita State used to used to have, uh, play Kansas, like in round one or round two. They just Dayton, Ohio State. They do this every year. Now we're seeing it with Davidson, Michigan State, and then potentially Michigan State versus Duke, where it's almost like they 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 are fans that are building this tournament, and they do a great job every year. I, I love the matchups they give us. They never disappoint. Kentucky, uh, Indiana, all those years ago, they do it oh, every yeah. year. How can you not love it? It's what we yeah. want. Even in Michigan's region, there's three, like including them, there's three Big Ten teams. So they're trying to like potentially manufacture these Big Ten matchups, you know, if those teams move on. So, yeah, I mean, I, I overall, like I've I've only I haven't like really studied the bracket very closely. I've you know glanced up and Not down. Um, there's I don't think there's anything to be upset about. You know, like there's a lot of people complaining about maybe Texas A&M not being in. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just mostly people down here around the office. Yeah. They thought A&M should have been in, but they they weren't very good all year. They just made a run in the SEC tournament. Um, so there's some other stuff like that. What do you guys think about the like? I, I saw Tony Reale tweeted out about how he thinks some of these 16 seeds or some of these teams that are in the play-in games won their conference, but they're getting put in the play-in game. Whereas say a, a team like Michigan, you know, they're the eighth team in the big 10 and they're an 11 seed. Do you think there should be something like that? Like if you win your conference, like, like Bryant won the Northeast conference and they're in the play-in game, like should there be like almost like a caveat that like, if you win your conference, you avoid the play-in game. When you say win the conference, did, did they win the regular season or did they win the uh, tournament? Both. They they both. won the regular season. They won season. both. Okay. Yeah. That, that's legit. I, 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 to be honest, it, I can see why there would be a complaint about it. But if I'm these 16 seeds, I don't hate the idea of me. We have a standalone game that, you know, other than UMBC, you're going to lose to the one seed. So you might as well have a chance, like 50-50 chance at winning this playing game. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we've seen how the playing game can kind of pro propel you throughout the tournament. If you do win it, it's uh, almost an advantage after the game's over. Um, but no, I, I don't think it's a big enough problem to change it. It is weird, the plan. Like you would think it would be all 16 seeds that have to be in the plan, but who would watch that? So, right. so no, I, I don't think it's a big problem. I don't think it needs to be changed. Uh you know, we're almost doing a favor to even put these teams in the tournament, if we're being honest. I mean, right. if it really was the best 64 teams, there wouldn't be uh, the Southeastern Conference champion in there. Or that's the SEC, but some other conference like right. that. But, I mean, there's – but you, we see those – some of these teams make a little bit of a run, like UMBC or some of the – you know, like like you said earlier, Florida Gulf Coast all of a sudden makes a run. So would you rather see some of these smaller schools that are full of, like, eight seniors dudes that you've never heard of don't even look like they can play basketball but all of a sudden they're good or would you rather see like the ninth best team in the sec you know like that's kind of the argument no and i so, i agree i i would rather yeah. see i i i would not rather see you know that's why i said i don't think michigan should have been in really right i mean give yeah. that give that spot to somebody else like a uh wyoming's in the playing game i believe give that spot to wyoming put right. michigan in the plan uh, no, I, I would. That's what makes the tournament so awesome is these heroes that come out of nowhere. Uh, and, and funny that we, we were talking about MSU Davidson last year. I, I tweeted, or maybe it was two years ago, when Foster Lawyer was struggling for MSU. Like, if this guy went to a mid major, he's a March Madness hero. I said that, <laughs> I'll, and I'll have to retweet it if it does become true. But man, if you're Michigan State, what a enticing matchup! Lawyer is not a scrub. 
Uh, he's had 10 games with 20 plus points. He put up 35 at one point this year. He could potentially give us an all time March Madness moment, and I'm here for it. And that's 100% the matchup I'm circling. Uh, for the first couple of days is Michigan state Davidson. And you're lying if that's not the biggest game of the first couple of days. Yeah. It could go one of two ways. I mean, he could be fired up and put up 25 points or the pressure going against his yeah. former team could go the other way. So that's, that's a good reason to watch it. What's going to show, how's he going to show up, you know, but it is a yeah. great matchup. Yeah. The, the game, like what's funny about like life comes at you fast type of thing. So Davidson lost to Richmond in their conference tournament and, or their conference title game. And, Foster Lawyer missed a three. I'm sure you guys saw it, but Foster Lawyer missed a three with like a second left, basically. That would have probably given Davidson the win. Yeah. And at the time, because Richmond probably wouldn't have been a tournament team, at the time, people were like, oh, Foster Lawyer missing that three could have kicked Michigan out of the tournament. <laughs> so obviously a lot of like Michigan State fans, you know, on Twitter and stuff were laughing about that, saying Foster Lawyer just maybe put Michigan out of the tournament. Haha. And now it's like, yeah, but now he could put Michigan State out of the tournament, yeah. you know, if he has has a career game or something. But Davidson's just one of those teams that I, I've watched a few of their games. Just you know, they're down here, right, right outside of Charlotte, and people love them. People love Davidson mostly because of Steph Curry, obviously. Yeah, but uh, they're like they're a classic team that's a tough out in the NCAA tournament. Are they the best team in the country? No way, mm-hmm. <laughs> by no way. But like in the NCAA tournament, they're that team that plays like solid basketball they don't turn the ball over they've got like a point guards like foster lawyer who kind of take care of the ball they can shoot they can make free throws which is huge in the ncaa tournament so it's like michigan state better not mess around because michigan state for sure should win the game they've got way more talent you know probably better coaching act and davidson's coach actually is a legend but there's no way michigan state should lose that game but that's the game that like if you if you look past davidson you're gonna lose you're going to lose that game in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys said uh, at the start, I mean, I haven't fully dived into the bracket. Um, that's usually a job for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I take my sweet time with it. Fill out, you know, <laughs> first thing I do, fill out, you know, the picks I know for sure I'm going to do. And then I leave it for a couple of days. You know, watch all the Joe Lenardi videos, all the Andy Katz videos, make sure I'm totally up to date. But I will say two things I'm or three things I'm heavy leaning one, I'm, I'm going very anti-Big Ten. Uh, just looking yeah, at the yeah. bracket up and down, I don't think I have a team going past Sweet 16 at the furthest. Um, and I have a lot of them getting, you know, upset in either game number one or game number two. My big, my number one upset of round one, I love this pick. It's weird that normally the uh, Ivy League school is normally a 12 seed, the, the one that wins that conference tournament every year. For whatever reason, it might be down this year. Uh, Yale is the 14th seed. Uh, and they're playing Purdue. And you talk about the ultimate, like, clash of – styles purdue can score on anyone they don't play a lick of defense but they love to run uh and yale's just going to slow them right down and it's going to be a total clash of styles and i think it's going to be a very close game and when you get a close game in march it can go and either way at the end so i love yale to upset purdue uh and that's a that's a 314 matchup right yep 314 uh and if just to give myself square billy remember last year i was red hot on these opening i know i know the opening weekend of March better than anyone. After that, um, maybe the worst, but that opening week, I can pick those games. Uh, the other, it's because of those matchups. I mean, you just yeah. laid it out. That's a that's an awful matchup for Purdue, yep. because Yale, if as long as they play a good game, they're gonna take Purdue right out of their game. That's what it is. It's the same with like I was saying with Davidson and Michigan State. Davidson's gonna slow it down and try and play just like their style. So yeah, yeah. 
And then uh, I'll just throw this out. And then for the team, the conference that I love, it's SEC. I'm going heavy SEC. I mean, I love Kentucky. I love Auburn. Those are my two legit guys that are teams that I think have a chance at the title. I love a lot of these other teams' draws, like Arkansas. I think they can make a run. I'm loving the SEC. And then can I just say this? Pac-12, they were the story of the tournament last year. And and for them to only get three teams in this year, including one of the teams being a one seed, it just made no sense. They yeah. were the story of the tournament. We saw so many characters. The coaches are awesome from the Pac-12. If you remember, that was like our takeaway was, hey, we got to get into Pac-12 basketball next year. Mm-hmm. And instead, they just did the classic, let's put 10 Big Ten teams in yeah. uh, and just let them soak up all the spots. I don't know. I just I would have rather have seen more Pac-12 teams in. And for that reason, I mean, UCLA, USC, uh, and Arizona – other than Arizona, I love UCLA and USC to make a deep run as well. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's it, there's definitely East Coast bias. There's no yeah. question about it. I mean, all these teams on the West Coast, I was going to say, I mean, you know, you got Arizona came in unranked at the beginning of the year and what they they did, they pounded on the Spartans, didn't they? And then what, they ended up 31 and three and then Gonzaga never gets any respect, right. yeah. even though they're not in the Pac-12. But, uh, you know, West Coast basketball is just kind of, put aside because nobody stays up that late to watch the games yeah yeah it's similar to football obviously people don't watch the pac-12 or whatever that pac-12 after dark but right yeah i that's kind of what i mean about the big 10 getting so many teams in i'm i'm with you jared i i don't know who out of the big 10 i would like trust to make a run to the second weekend i mean you know illinois is pretty good iowa's been hot but like do we really think iowa's gonna make a run to the final four i just i was like a team that i would never trust to make a run. Yeah. They're always going to slip up against someone, you know. Um, we saw it last year, you even know, with yeah. Iowa's best team in, you know, ever. Yep. Oregon ran them off the court. Right. Mm-hmm. You got a player in Luca Garza, and you can't even, you know, make make a run or whatever. So, so yeah, I'm definitely with you on the Big Ten, not trusting them. Um, the Pac-12, like, at, you know, UCLA, maybe because we saw them last year, they, they would maybe be a team. Arizona's really good. You know, Arizona's probably – a like the one seed maybe you would chalk up yeah. to make a run to the second weekend Gonzaga. So I don't, it, it's always just kind of tough because you, you look, you have to pick matchups. It's never all chalk. So when you fill out your bracket, you know, you, you, there's always that, you know, the 12 over the five and some of these other upsets that always happen. So that's, what's always fun about, you know, filling out your bracket. Yep. You know, how awesome guys kind of backtracking for a second. How awesome is it? that these conferences have these tournaments. I mean, just locking into the Big Ten tournament, you know, those four days, watching each game. I mean, it was just so pleasurable, you know, and we're talking about a team like Iowa. Yeah, they they probably won't go far in the NCAA tournament, but just for that four-day stretch playing in the Big Ten, it was great basketball. And, you know, Bo Hannon broke the Spartans' heart. And seeing teams like Wisconsin, you know, I don't know what you guys think. He's probably the most hated man in the Big Ten. You know, behind maybe, the country, man. maybe, maybe in the country. Yeah. But Brad Davison, that dude can play on my team any day of the week. I love the guy. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew it. I knew he would. Be I your... do. He plays like I used to play, but much, much better. <laughs> that's a, that's not that's not something to be proud of. I would say. I'm Very proud of him. I love the way he plays. Now, some of his antics, maybe not so much, but the best, kid, kid can play basketball. The best clip that circulated Twitter this weekend was. Davison following out some Michigan State like sixty year old fan giving him a bye bye. Oh, yeah. yeah, I saw that. shot in the crowd. It was incredible. And then it cuts back to Davidson. He's like losing his mind on the bench. <laughs> that was 
that was uh, TV poetry. That's what that was. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I got to throw this out there real quick. Bohanna, he's been getting a lot of negative press uh, this week. I, I just wonder what you guys think. Do you guys think that there's a problem with him? You know, due to the, you know the COVID, everybody got a free year, and he probably was redshirted, and maybe had an injury redshirt as well. But he's been in college, you know, forever. Right. I don't have a problem with it because one, does anyone mad that a player decided to stay an extra year after they lost that COVID year? I'm not. It, it no. was bullshit that they lost it. It was sad, uh, and so I don't. I don't fault him for that reason. And then also, it's like, man, you think about it, we're all in the workforce now. Being the life of a college athlete is awesome, and especially a Big Ten basketball player who's a known player. Uh, if I'm him, I'm staying as long as I can. I'm squeezing every drop out of this uh, experience, <laughs> and I have, I would not feel guilty about it whatsoever. What do you guys think? Oh, I'm right with you. I mean, it is kind of annoying, maybe. I don't know if annoying is the right word, but to think about, I mean, he's like 24 playing against 18-year-olds. So maybe you think like, hey, it's a little bit of an unfair advantage, but he's, it's the rules. It's not like he's breaking any rules or whatever. They they put those rules in place because of the COVID year and stuff. Um, you know, like Eli Brooks, you know, same, same thing. Eli Brooks stayed for an extra year at Michigan. So it's the same thing, but yeah, that that's what I think about. You can be like upset that Brad Davison has been at Wisconsin for 20 years. Bohannon's been at Iowa for 15 years. But if I'm in that position and, you know, I know I'm not probably going to get drafted in the NBA. Yeah, I'm staying at college for another year. Are you kidding me? To have a chance like Bohannon just hit a buzzer beater basically to win the Big Ten. Yep. And, you know, you get to go to the NCAA tournament and you get to just live up college and, you know, get a grad degree or whatever you're going to do. Yeah, I'm going to stay as long as I can. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I can see why I'm I'm sick of watching Brad Davison. I, even though you like him, Ted, I'm, I like I'm sick him. of watching him with Wisconsin. I'm sick of watching Jordan Bohannon bank <laughs> these threes in all over the place. But no, if I'm in their shoes, I'm staying as long as I can. Yeah, yeah. I but can't you guys, argue you, with you any brought of that. up. Yeah, you brought up the conference tournament, Ted. I was going to ask you guys. So as awesome as it is, what we were just talking about, do you, do you think that it like the system's almost a little broken because? You brought up Yale, uh, Jared. Princeton was the number one seed in the Ivy League, and Yale put them out. Like, mm-hmm. So you, Princeton was really the best team in their conference the whole season. And because Yale, you know, got hot in the conference tournament, now Princeton's out of the NCAA tournament. Is that a little broken? Richmond almost did it to Davidson because Richmond beat, you know, Davidson in the championship game. But Davidson had a good enough season that they still made it. So do you, do you think stuff like that is just that's just March? That's, that's it is what it is. Or do you think like that system's a little broken? I don't know. It's a it's a good debate because I, I go back and forth on it. It they love the conference tournament week when you know. I mean, I watched more fun belt games and you know conferences like that this week than I have in my entire life, and that's this week every year. Um, so I do think that there's and partially that is because you know the winner gets the ultimate reward and is going to the tournament. Uh, so no, I, it's not the it's not the best system. It does screw a lot of teams over that were definitely more deserving. But I, I don't think it's worthy of change. It's not a, that big of a deal to me. If you're really that good of a team and you should be playing your best ball at this time of year, then you should get through your tournament, no questions asked. If you're legitimately going to have a chance to make some noise in the tournament, usually that's the case. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. As far as it's. It's not perfect, but I can live with the way it is. It is. It does kind of screw the teams, though, that win the regular season because I think really that's a much more important test of a team going through the whole grind and getting that championship instead of just being hot for a three, four day stretch. You know, it's it's not fair. But how do you how do you not have these conference tournaments 
the winner of that tournament game not get to cut down the nets and know they're going to the dance. So I, I think the trade-off is it's fair enough. And if Princeton was that good, they'd be a play-in team at least, right? right. You would think. Yeah, that, that's the whole debate. Like, should Princeton have made it or the ninth best team in the Big Ten? You know, Right, right. That's kind of the discussion. We did uh, on on um, on Saturday night, we did the MAC, cha- MAC championship game, Kent State versus Akron. Mm-hmm. And not that I've watched any MACTION basketball all season, so this was the most I watched. But the, the MAC player of the year played for Kent State, Sincere Carey. And I just I had to bring this up while we were talking about the tournament. So he's the MAC player of the year, Kent State, in the MAC championship game. He's had a hell of a season. First half, he had nine turnovers in the first half. And he he essentially lost the game for Kent State. He was awful. And it's just like we're sitting there doing the game, and we're like, I'm building packages and building yeah. like video things of like sincere carry, bad turnovers, all that. We get to the second half, and we're like, the producer was like, we can't, we can't show this anymore. We feel like we're like burying this kid. I mean, he just had – he just – had the happens, worst, yeah. just worst game of his life, and Kent State out of the tournament because which deserve and uh, and and Matt, I know you're aware of what the, the story Ted. I don't know if you saw it, but basically, where when Kent State found out they were playing Akron in the championship game, they there's a video of the locker room <laughs> before oh, yeah. where they you know a lot of expletives and uh, inappropriate stuff about Akron. A lot of players got suspended, and wouldn't you know it? Day later, Akron bounces them. So yeah. I, I'm fine with it. Poetic justice is how yep. they, they call it, right? Uh, one more thing I got on brackets, and Ted, I know how you stay on this. I got to bring it up every year because I'm so devoted to the opposite. Um, you should only fill out one bracket. That's for anyone listening. I don't care if you're entering 10 different money pools and this or that. If you pick multiple different winners and basically 10 different brackets, guess what? You're going to have one bracket that does good. But that just ruins the entire fun. The fun of making a bracket is you are living and dying on each of these picks and that's what makes that those first two days so fun because your bracket is legitimately uh, could be busted. And that's what makes it fun. It's not fun if you have 10 different brackets and three of them get busted from this game and you have all these other ones still alive. It's stupid. And yeah. Ted, I know you're such a capitalist where everything's about money to you, <laughs> but I would argue that uh, the amount of enjoyment you get, whatever your buy-in was to whatever brackets you're in by having just that one bracket and either having the, thrill of victory or the agony of defeat most most likely than not it's worth it in my opinion so i only fill out one i just made my decision i'm not joining your bracket now (laughs) because you got the multiple yeah because you have the multiple dogging on me no no i get what you're saying i mean uh i'm gonna say once again that my bracket that i'm gonna fill out and it's gonna be my official bracket is gonna be our three-point podcast rivals bracket no question about it i haven't decided if i'll play the same bracket in a couple other uh contests Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but uh, I get what you're saying, but I, I don't have any problem if you're playing a different contest and going with different teams in different levels. Now, if you're if you're joining a contest and you fill out three or four different brackets and pay the money, I, I'm not for that at all. You know, let's say it's 10 bucks to get in. And you say, well, I'll, I'll put 40 bucks down, but I'll put four different brackets and mix it up. I don't agree with that. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. It's kind of like buying multiple lottery tickets or something. Right, right. Maybe you can look at it that way. That's kind of what got me out of fantasy football. I played it for so long, but I got to a point where I was in like five yeah. leagues and I'm like, I, you know, Can't like, you're, you're, yeah, you got, you've got a guy on your team in one league, but you're playing against him in another league. <laughs> and it, you know, you're just to the point where it's like, I don't even know like who to cheer for or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's kind of how I feel. Nope. 
I usually, I, yeah, I'm with you, Jared. I, I fill out one bracket and actually, you know, put some thought into it. And then it makes it easy when you want to join multiple pools. You already yeah. got the bracket. Just hit add, add, just drop that bracket in. So, yeah. Makes I'll you feel like an expert too when that one does well. Makes you feel like I actually thought about this one and it did well. Just so you know, that's probably what I'll do. But yeah. I know Jared likes to pick on me on that. I still will join your contest, Jared. All right. That's good, man. And for, thanks for the donation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got to ask. The door. <laughs> You've got the block M on your chest down there before we move on. Yeah. How, how do we think Michigan's going to actually do? Colorado State in the first round. If they win, if it kind of shakes out the way it's supposed to, they would play Tennessee in the second round. Do we think they make it to the second weekend, or what, what are we feeling? I, I think I, don't, I think they lose the first game probably. Yeah, yeah. It, they had the best draw you could imagine. I mean, Colorado State's not tested at all. I think they only had two games this year against tournament teams. Um, so what a draw! I mean, talk about it. Just compared to Michigan State, who got totally totally shafted. It seems like State. I will say, I can feel for State fans. I tell you what, they seem to get shafted in stuff like this. More than mm-hmm. just about anyone. We saw the opposite of that in football season, I will say, where they played Pittsburgh. But, uh, no, this they got totally shafted. I'd rather, much rather have Michigan's draw than theirs, that's for sure. Uh, but, no, I don't know how to feel about this team. You're potentially busting your bracket if you pick them to go to the Sweet 16. Uh, but then again, it's just they're such a Jekyll and Hyde team. We've seen them play right. good. Um, but, no, if I, if I wasn't a Michigan fan, I probably would take Colorado State to beat them, honestly. Yeah, it's probably one of those. I've, I've just read a little bit about it, that Colorado State might play a style that contrasts Michigan's. So, you know, it might be a ma- bad matchup. The only thing I would say is what you said. Colorado State basically hasn't played anyone. Michigan obviously has. So, you know, they're battle tested. And then Tennessee, like you were talking about the, the SEC being strong. Tennessee is good. You know, they, they made a run. They won the SEC tournament. But they've been as inconsistent as Michigan has all year, too. So, if Michigan can get to the second game and, you know, to the second round and play Tennessee, I wouldn't be shocked if they make it to the sweet 16, just because you've got guys like Hunter Dickinson, Eli Brooks is a proven player. Caleb Houston could get hot and make a bunch of threes. So I would not be shocked. Like either way, they lose to Colorado state or they make it to the sweet 16. All right. Well, let's put it out there right now. We're recording on Monday. All right. Let's just give our opinion. What's going to happen. Michigan. How far you see them? Going? I think they I'm make not... it to the Sweet 16 and then oh, lose. Okay. That's, now, that's my guess. I hate to say it. I, I have them beating Colorado State just because I think it'll be tough for them to match up with Dickinson, um, as kind of stupid as that sounds. But, I mean, that's basically Michigan lives or dies on on Dickinson's left arm with those jump hooks. So I think that they'll survive <laughs> against the, the, the lower team in Colorado State. Uh, but then I think Tennessee is probably going to roll them, to be honest. Yeah, I'd like to go with Matt's pick, but I'm going to be completely opposite. I think the the hangover from giving up that huge loss to or huge lead to Indiana, you know, Juwan coming back, I don't think they're clicking 100%. Uh, I think Colorado State wins that game, a close game, and uh, Michigan season is done and they regroup for next year. Now, on the opposite side, Michigan State, how far do we see them going? Do we see them getting by the first game, maybe upsetting Duke? What do we, if you don't, if you are not picking Davidson. Uh, if you're unless you're a state fan or you really think state's gonna have a long run for the fun of it, just take Davidson to beat them. I mean, it's yeah. worth one point if you don't have Michigan State advancing to the Sweet 16 or something. If you just have them beating Davidson, trust me, when Lawyer is throws a dagger in Michigan State's heart from Steph Curry range with like three minutes left, putting all by 10, you're gonna wish you picked Davidson just for the fun of it. So go Davidson, it's my prediction. Uh, that is that you have to think about that kind of stuff when you're filling out your bracket, like if. 
if you think Duke, if you're like for sure, you know, you're sure Duke is going to beat Michigan State in the second round, mm-hmm. then it is almost like go ahead and pick Davidson. Yep. You know, you, you know, why not pick them to, you know, maybe you get that point that a bunch of other people don't because everyone else picked Michigan State. So, you know, you do think about stuff like that with the bracket. I So all of that being said, I think they both – I think it's going to be Duke. It's going to be Coach K versus O in the second yeah. round, like everyone wants to see. And I, I, Duke is actually really good. They're, Duke is good this year. But we've also seen really good Duke teams come up short. I mean, Michigan State beat, beat Zion a few years yeah. ago, you know, in the tournament. So – but I, I do think Coach K, he's going to have those guys motivated in his farewell tour. And um, I think he puts Izzo, Izzo to bed. But it, it would be a fun game. I, I do actually – I would want to sit and watch that game. It'd Absolutely. Game yeah, and I, th- I think I'm along the lines of I think State's going to get by Davidson. I think they'll be focused. Izzo is a great coach. He'll have them ready. Wouldn't shock me to see him get beat, but I think they're moving on into, into the next game against Duke. And – I'm hedging on that one a little bit, but what the hell? I'm going to say Michigan State beats Duke and ends Coach K's career. You know, the whole storyline right there. They moved I'm to the shocked Sweet that 16. you're picking Michigan State. I'll stick with my little fella coach over there. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and I'm a little irritated. I like – I let's put it this way. I 100% respect what Coach K has done at Duke. No question about it. But there's just something that just gnaws at me and on the whole farewell tour here and something about him just bugs me a little bit. So I'm pulling for Izzo in that one. It's funny that Coach K bothers you so much, but you're I know. such a big Izzo guy. Well, I, I, I almost put like Izzo and Coach K are almost like they're like the same dude almost. I mean, really? like same style, a little more old school, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Except It'll Coach be- K is actually one multiple national titles yes he has it won't be to the same extent but guess what Izzo's last game at the breslin it'll probably be the same ticket prices and it'll be the same it's gonna be that you'll have to do it just won't have the espn coverage but it'll have literally everything else yeah and i may not it may not be a national farewell tour but when Izzo retires the the michigan media it's gonna be nauseating nauseating and maybe rightfully so but yeah no you're you're that's fair there i mean i can see the where you don't respect him as much as I do. I kind of go back. I mean, I'm an old guy. He's an old guy. We're the same age, right? I saw him when he was Judd Heathcote's assistant. I was so happy he got the gig. I mean, his first year coaching at Michigan State, he took the time and came on my radio show. So I have personal feelings. That's for what it own. is. That's well, what it is. I, and I was, I mean, it goes a long before. way. I, it does. I, it does. I like Izzo. You know, he's the last of a dying. I don't want his type of coaching to die off. And guess what? That's going to happen within right. the next 10, 15 years. He's the last of a dying breed in terms of the in your face. And his players seem to love him. We, we've debated on this before. You know, is that just because they don't want to go speak out against Izzo when everybody else is so pro for Izzo? That's too to be debated. But. No, I like Izzo. Uh, you know, I like seeing him lose, but uh, I'll be the first <laughs> one to congratulate him when he makes a long run. And I tell you what, the last team to win the Big Ten, uh, to, excuse me, to win the championship from the Big Ten, Michigan State, and also the last team to make the Final Four from the Big Ten, Michigan State. So, right. I mean, what else do you need to know about the guy? We've talked about how he's, like, lost a step, but yet he's still the most recent coach in the Big Ten to do that. Which is almost sad. It's not. It's not a shot at him, but – the Big Ten really hasn't won a title in 21 years. It's crazy. Right. Well, we're going to get ready for it, fellas. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, you know, I've done it for years and years. And now that I'm semi-retired, I'm sitting home anyway, watching the games on TV. But I've always taken the Thursday and Friday off. And it's kind of my deer hunting season, you know. It's vacation time. <laughs> and uh, I will say this, and it happens every year after Thursday and Friday's game. 
by Saturday, I'm, I'm groggy. I'm just, uh, it's almost, <laughs> almost too much basketball, but I have to gear up for Saturday and Sunday, but those first two days are just incredible. You, you I'm to, so je- jealous you of need you, to get up You've and, got the retired life. You're going to be plop in front of this couch from noon until midnight, Thursday and Friday. Absolutely. You got to get some, <laughs> you, you get some rivals takeout for yep. the whole day. Perfect. Just have it sitting there. You, you need to get up and take a couple walks though. I'll, walk I got walk down to the water, walk down to the water, you know, look at it for a bit, walk back. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, and I got the <laughs> treadmill set up right down here in front oh, of the big perfect. screen TV, too. So. And speaking of rivals, again, Matt, set up the stage of all our listeners out there to play our contest. Yep. So, yeah, it's back again. This is probably the, I think we've been doing it every year we've had the yeah. podcast for so mm-hmm. the fourth or fifth year or third or fourth year, whatever. But, uh, yeah, so a, a partnership with, our, with one of our favorite partners, Rivals Tap House and Grill, a, a bracket challenge. On ESPN.com, you search 3PP and Rivals Bracket Time. Everything's on our social media. But, yeah, search that. Join it. It's free. You can win um, some ESPN swag or some gift cards to Rivals. So it's one of those things like we were just talking about. If you've already got brackets filled out on ESPN.com, search it, add it. It's free. You don't have to pay. Give yourself another shot to win some stuff. So I think we had almost like – I think it was up around – 140 or 150 yeah. uh, entries last year so pretty cool and it's for i mean dude, like i said how can you be it's just free <laughs> and yeah. it's not like the you know the yes and no shot at espn matt but it's like espn will have these like you know the sweet steak sweepstakes or whatever you join the group for the sweepstakes and it's like hundred thousand other people right. you know this is a it's like i said it's 100 100 200 hopefully more uh but you got a real chance to actually you know win some food from rivals and like i said win it uh and it'll be right in time for the masters so yeah not only not only get in the contest but hey if you're local here in the uh Shiawassee county michigan area just pop into rivals and watch some of the games i mean they've got big screens everywhere the atmosphere is awesome great food and drink specials how's that for a march madness plug there for one of our friends over there at rivals that's it's a great spot to go it really, it really is. is though yeah All and, right, and join so and join it so you can beat ted yeah, absolutely. And go in there and root for Izzo, too. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap this up and maybe a quick little entertainment right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Jared, I know you're always interested in, in my day-to-day schedule, and I'll just I'll just give you a little sample of my Saturday schedule. Which, by the way, my wife's out visiting uh, Amy's daughter. Oh no, so she's out now in D.C. So I've ha- I've been batching it for the last few days. So <laughs> I get up on Saturday morning. I thought, what do I want to do? So early Saturday morning, I get up, have my cup of coffee, and I I thought to myself. I'm going to watch the many saints in Newark again. Oh my God. And so I popped it on probably better the second time around seeing stuff that maybe I missed the first time. So excellent movie. I loved it. But then I decided, you know, I haven't been to the theater since COVID started. So I decided to go to the 1130 AM show Saturday morning to go see the Batman. Ooh, dudes, this movie, it's a great Batman. It really is. I think, uh, uh, Who's the guy that plays Batman? Pattinson. 
Oh, Pattinson's, he's a great Batman, I think. And the addition of uh, Zoe, uh, what's, what's her last name? Kravitz. Kravitz. She's, she's Catwoman. This thing, you know, it's evolved a lot since the first Batman. It was more comical <laughs> like the television show, but the latest ones are dark. And it, this one really reminded me of the TV show Gotham. I don't know if you, you yeah. guys caught Gotham, but it was more dark, you know, a lot of violence. This kind of follows along the same line, same characters. There was Riddler. I mean, I'd say on uh, on the Ted the Ted the Entertainment Guy scale, it's a solid two point nine, creeping up on three point oh, on the, on the the scale. It was really really well done. I thought Pattinson. I can't say enough about him. He was perfect casting. I need to go see it. I've heard it's yeah. awesome. From what I've heard, Paul da Paul Dano as the Riddler oh. almost stole the show. He was great, from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, and and what I heard also was that the, this this villain is almost the most realistic he's ever had. Where right. kind of he's basically just another Batman in a sense, where he's kind of just really smart and something yeah. is just a brainiac. So no, I can't wait to see it. And like I said, there's still you can't beat the theater experience for a great movie. You know, no. amazing stuff. For the I went and saw the, the newest Spider-Man in theaters for movies like that, like appointment viewing uh, ones that you want to see before you get spoiled. You really can't beat the theater experience. Yeah, no, a little I bit expensive, to, but right. Yeah, there's the cost that comes into it. But uh, for movies like the Batman, or if you're into the Marvel movies and stuff like that, you you go to the theater to watch them. I've got to watch Batman. I don't know if I'll go to the theater. To see it i'd really like to maybe i'll have to do what you did and mm -hmm. just go on my own you know i'm not going to take the kids to go see the batman no my but, wife wouldn't uh, have got into it either <laughs> yeah I, my, my wife would probably go see it with me but yeah but uh the batman's my favorite i'm not big into comic book movies i'm not big into like the x-men or you know sci-fi type stuff and i think kind of like what you said jared because batman to me like it's as realistic as it could get with some of these movies they're just normal people you know, like I remember people saying that about Heath Ledger playing Joker, Yeah. you know, how, how he kind of stole the show of that movie almost. And he's just like another guy, even Joaquin Phoenix, when he played, you know, Joker, um, you know, they're just normal people. You know, Bruce Wayne's just a guy with a lot of like cool toys, basically. Mm -hmm. So that that's why I like Batman in, in the darkness. I, I've heard that this one is like pretty gritty and dark. And I, I think that's so cool about Batman. It yeah, is. I'll have to watch it. You know, and I didn't do any any homework beforehand looking anything up, but after it was over, I saw Colin Farrell was in this. Yeah. And, yeah, he plays a good part, too. So you don't recognize him right out of the gate. He's a penguin, I believe, correct? He is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was a spoiler. Maybe that was a spoiler. It, but that's a, okay. I, he's in the trailer. <laughs> People see it in the trailer. I guess. But you, even just looking at the trailer, could you tell it was Colin Farrell? I, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's, it makes it better to know that it's him before okay. you go and watch it. I think. You're probably right. You're probably um, right. But no. it was good. I said it. I said it when we when I saw Spider Man. I'll say it again. I mean, two best universes in terms of superheroes is definitely Spider Man and Batman. Just the villains are the best. The I mean, you have Spider Man in New York, which is the best realistic city. You have Batman in Gotham, the best made up city. I, it's just the two creme de la creme superheroes. Which Ted, it's not. It's not Superman like it probably was when you were a kid. He's he's lame if you aren't uh, aware of that. Who Superman? Superman. Uh, yeah, but I've always been a Batman guy. 100% yeah. Batman all the way. I enjoyed Superman too, but Batman's the way to go. No question. Yeah, I, I, I get people loving Spider-Man and, and all the other ones. I, I I understand it. The movies are amazing. The comic books, if you're into them, just never really been my thing. That's my one thing with Spider-Man. Like he, he shoots like webs out of his wrist. Like it's, <laughs> this isn't realistic. Like what are we doing here? Batman is just like a badass. He's just yep. a dude with an awesome car and rich guy. So that's what I like about it. But I, I get people who like, you know, Iron Man, 
and all those kind of movies. I get it. Well, this is definitely one of those movies that, uh, Matt, if you get a chance, go to the theater. The theater yeah. experience for this is going to be so much better than television. It really yeah. is. So I'd, I'd highly recommend that. Um, I did, uh, well, after that, then I went home and watched Michigan State, Iowa. So that's not a bad, that's not a bad day, is it? A hell of a day. The reason that it's so funny here in your TV schedule is like in my mind, I imagine it like you're clocking into work. Like you're you're clocking in at 8 a.m. when you wake up with your coffee to watch TV and then you're not clocking out until <laughs> you're putting in some serious hours. That's how I like to picture it. Yeah, I probably put too many hours in, need to be out walking around outside for sure. Hey, I did see another show. Uh, it, it's, it's from 2006, but I, I click around, you know, that's how I do my TV viewing. And I noticed on PBS there was a Rolling Stones concert from uh, Rio de Janeiro think about this guys and i watched it it was really really good these guys in 2006 were still pushing probably 70 years old but you know maybe the greatest rock and roll band of all time at this concert in rio de janeiro 1.5 million fans were there it was a free concert in the streets it was unbelievable and if you want to see a real professional top of the line presentation of rock yeah. and roll if you ever get a chance to see this on YouTube or wherever you can find it, it's a PBS thing. It was incredible. And the, and these guys and Jagger, I don't care. He He's one of the top two or three front men ever, you know, as far as leading the band, it, it was tremendous. So I enjoyed yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. You'd have to pre I man, 1.5 million people. That's Think just, about that. That that would just be cool to see in general, but yeah, people rip on the Rolling Stones cause they, you know, think they're reliving their glory days or like when they played the super bowl in detroit you know mm -hmm. people didn't like that but like you said the the show they put on and they do have a ton of hits i mean they're legends legends and you know you can't be any more professional than they are i mean they know they know what they're doing how the they, hell are they still alive though that's the amazing well, keith richards i mean yeah i don't know how many blood transfusion that dude legends there. never die that's um, it <laughs> uh, no I, that's actually kind of funny you say that i've been falling down this rabbit hole lately of live performances it's a, it, there's a lot of cool ones, man. And it, it, you said the production value, the ones that are product pro professionally done, where it's almost like they take uh, whatever shows on the the screen in the arena, like they put it on YouTube. It's awesome. I've yep. seen, been watching Dave Matthews Band once. Coast Malone does this cool like Bud Light tour where he goes with a rock band and does rock covers of his songs. I mean, there's a lot of good ones on YouTube. Uh, and finally, I'll leave it with this. I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to it. Winning time, the Lakers story. I'm waiting until it gets maybe three or four under their belt so i can stream it maybe two or three episodes at a time have you either one of you checked in yeah it? i've watched um first episode then i watched half of the second episode last night it's good i i don't i can't it's almost you when you see it like have you seen the big short at other adam mckay movies yeah yeah where yeah. it's almost like the the camera is like as if it's a person in the room like they talk to the camera all the time and mm -hmm. you know stuff like little graphics pop up on the screen all the time you know it's cool but and I like it. I don't want to say I don't like the show, but I would say it just it's not as good as I was hoping. I was hoping mm. it was going to be my favorite show. And it, <laughs> it's a good show. It's worth the watch, but not as good as I was hoping for. I've heard that John C. Riley is really good as Jerry Buss. Yeah. Um, and the people who play like Magic Johnson, like the characters are good. But I, that's the few I've read is that it's actually like a little boring. Like, mm. It's hard to explain. You know, I don't know what it is about yeah. it. And you know, Jerry West has been a big character, at least in the first two episodes, uh, kind of just being like a crotchety old man. But uh, so he's been he's probably been my favorite character thus far. But um, no, like I said, I just can't put my finger on it. I'll see. I like to see. I'll give it a full review at the end of the season. But my review so far has been good. Not great. OK, yeah, I'll give mine once I watch it. But 
you know, it'll be good entertainment anyway, either way, right? May not be five star. Yeah, exactly. We know the story. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's all I got on entertainment. Either of you guys got anything else to add before we wrap this up? No, we're gonna be watching a lot of basketball, right? Amen. Yeah, this is the week we take the week off of you know, I'll, I'll watch bracketology in my free time uh until the bracket <laughs> drops. Then once it drops, then it's basketball. So that's where I'm at. All right. Well, good luck to you guys on your brackets. Uh I might fill out five or six. We'll see. <laughs> hey, Different. you're only hurting yourself by doing that. That's all I'll say. You start second guessing that. yourself. You start yeah. thinking, well, I did this in one. I've got to do this in another one. That's a fair Just point. Yeah. Okay. I'll fill out one. How's that? <laughs> Talk me into it. Do whatever right. you want, Ted. You have fun with it. You have I, fun with it. I will have fun with it no matter what because this is just great basketball, yep. man. March Madness, baby. Can't beat it. I might even make an appearance at Rivals. I mean, I love I, it. Their food there is so good. It's I'm gonna go in there and watch one of these it big is. games there too as well. Well, they join our TVs. contest. Yeah, they've got the TVs everywhere. They got the big screen. It really is a great spot to watch. You know, something like March Madness. And and bringing it full circle, we got high school basketball coming up. We want to wish Johnny Fatel the best of luck. He has a game tonight taking on Alma, the third time this season. They beat the Panthers a couple of times. Hopefully, he can move on into the next round. Uh, we're going to be doing on Z92.5 the Fulton contest, the Fulton Pirates and Vestaberg Wolverines. Got to go up to Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart for that one. That's a Monday night at 7 game. And uh, just going to be a lot of fun. You know, I, 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 can't wait. I hope Johnny keeps them going because I want to see them go deep in the tournament. And it, ironically enough, we had planned a trip to California at the end of the month. I was thinking about that. Oh, I know. It's kind of doesn't really, didn't really think that through, did you guys? Well, I didn't know. I didn't think that through at all to set the stage. I mean, we decided to take my dad out to California to see his 97-year-old sister. And uh, this, our siblings are taking him out there. We're leaving Saturday morning, March 26th, which just happens to be state championship Saturday here in Michigan. So if Freeland makes it, you don't you don't have to seriously start, you don't have to seriously start worrying about that until if they if they make it to the semifinal. That's when I would be on That's true. high alert. But That's I wouldn't right. worry about it until then. Well, so the good at, thing, at good, minimum, at minimum, Jared's dad wouldn't wouldn't be going to California, right? Oh, he's going to California. <laughs> if he if he bails out and eats his ticket, God bless him. He might. Well, I mean, I would say you're like try do a standby it. type uh, you of know, thing. Maybe lose a couple hundred bucks or something, but move the tickets back a couple days. He, he could do it. I mean, that's his call. I'm not, I, unfortunately, Johnny's going to have to do it without Uncle Ted. I'm going to California. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch the replay. Well, let's yeah. hope they get there for sure. All yeah. right, guys, let's wrap this up. Don't forget, you can follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in and enjoy the program. They include Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, The Wash of Owasso, the ALS Association of Michigan, and Z92.5 The Castle. Until next time, so long, everybody, and bye for now. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to 3pointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.